Are you concerned with your alcohol or drug use? Are you thinking about quitting for good and you are wondering what all this sober hype is about? Are you sober and frustrated because you continuously relapse and cannot find happiness in sobriety? Whatever the reason and wherever you are at, you have landed in the right place here at Sober Gratitudes. My name is Sarah and I have been sober since 2012. After many years of relapsing and alcoholic drinking, I am so grateful to have been finally relieved of the obsession to drink and freed from the bondage of self. I created this podcast out of the desire to offer you hope and inspiration by sharing my story from addiction to recovery and how I stay sober one day at a time. This podcast also features stories of others who have stayed stopped and are experiencing a satisfying life in sobriety after being addicted. Staying stopped does not have to be a battle. Sobriety does not have to be hard. Finding freedom and a new happiness is absolutely possible. You too can experience a better, more comfortable life without using drugs or alcohol. I invite you to listen to my podcast to hear these stories of hope and inspiration. Please join us in this wonderful community of support and subscribe to Sober Gratitudes on whatever podcasting platform you use. I am so glad you're here and welcome to Sober Gratitudes. Sober Gratitudes is a podcast dedicated to spreading the hope in recovery from addiction. It is an inclusive show that does not promote or represent any recovery program. When my guests and I discuss what keeps us sober, we are referring to our own unique experiences. Our goal is to encourage and give hope to those who are struggling and need support. Good morning. How are you today? I'm so glad you're here. My name is Sarah, and I am really grateful to be sober today and to have woken up with no desire to drink. I should be dead, but I'm not, and I'm so grateful for that because I get to live a better life today, one that I thought was worthless for a long time. But when I finally surrendered to that, which I could not control, which was my alcohol intake, I started to get better. And I couldn't imagine my life without alcohol, but I was also at a place where I couldn't imagine going one more day drinking the way I was drinking and staying alive. Today I have a solution. Today I have tools in my toolbox that I use to live a more comfortable life 
in sobriety. Getting sober was a huge change for me. Getting sober in the program of recovery that I use was a monstrous change. Before I let go and reached out for help and went to my first meeting, I had tried countless, countless ways of controlling my drinking. And it didn't work. And um, I tried a lot of the same things over and over again. And some of you may be familiar with that experience. Um, some, some of you may know that it's referred to like the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. I sure as hell did that. <clears throat> I desperately wanted to just try my willpower again to stop and maybe try it a little bit differently, tweak it a bit each time. I'll drink water in between each drink. I will only drink on the weekends. I will only drink this type of alcohol. Um, I will put ice in my wine to water it down. I could go on and on. I spent so much time and energy focusing on controlling my intake. And uh, I, fa I failed. It didn't, it didn't work. My human power could not save me. So in May of 2012, I, I finally just, I get, I, I, I just surrendered and it was, it was really, it was hard, but I have to be honest when I woke up in the morning, so hungover, and it was just this random morning after having a, a pretty intense, scary dream that I was being drowned. And I woke up realizing that I was drowning in alcohol, that I was literally drowning myself in alcohol. I, um, I was afraid. I felt afraid and I felt helpless. And so, uh, you know, this was at the age of 39. I, I spoke in my last episode, I think about how I thought about what my obituary would re look like if I didn't stop drinking. You know, what, how would people 
describe me. And, and I was ashamed. I was ashamed of, of what I thought of. in the context of, you know, the, the content of my obituary. I was ashamed. And then when I thought about, you know, that morning in May of 2012, when I had that dream and I woke up and I was just exhausted. I was, I was completely defeated. You know, my, I had three sons, little, 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 little at the time. And, uh, but they were getting older and it was getting harder to project manage my alcohol use and also take care of three children, two of whom uh, were diagnosed with autism around the same time. And I... thought, I just thought, well, this thought just popped into my mind that I just, there was no way that I could do this on my own. Just no way. So I, um, I Googled local recovery meetings. And just the thought of that, it, um, I like take it, I took a deep breath, like of, it was like a relief breath. I was, I was relieved. I was scared, but a higher power of my misunderstanding at that time was doing for me what I could not do for myself. I didn't realize that that was happening. Having a new thought pop into my mind and then and then realizing that that thought made me feel better. I trusted I trusted my gut. I trusted the way I felt that you know the at the thought of doing something to help myself at the very least help me learn how to control my drinking would make me feel better because I didn't feel good. I was physically sick. My liver was really starting to impact um, My and just it, it, I was showing signs of a uh, damaged liver, and um, you can Google what um, happens when your liver starts to fail because of alcohol use, overuse. But I was I was like. Okay, I I feel lighter at just the thought of going to a recovery meeting. And 
so I, I was hungover. I can't remember if I threw up or had diarrhea or both. I drank a lot of water that day because I decided that I would go to an evening meeting when my husband was home from work. And the whole day, I thought about that meeting. The whole day. And I took a shower. And I remember I put like a long skirt on. I blew dry my, dried my hair. I think I put on some makeup. Things that I didn't do for so long. I just didn't really care about my appearance that much. Um, and I didn't tell anyone what I was doing. Because I'm, some of you who are listening may understand, you know, it, I was ashamed. I was ashamed that I couldn't just figure it out on my own. And it was really so infuriating. But um, that morning when my higher power did for me what I couldn't do, and that is I was given that gift of the dream of being drowned in alcohol and then having a new thought pop into my head and then noticing how I felt lighter and I felt relief. It was just, it was just enough for me to let go of my will and trying to just make this day again, my last day, which went on and on and on and on up until that day. I'd wake up. Okay. I'm going to try something different. This will be different. This is the day I stop. This is the day I stop over and over and over again. But this day was so different. So I, I was embarrassed and ashamed, but I felt relief. I felt like maybe this is the, maybe this is a solution. Um, I I really <clears throat> just I'm sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. And so um, I told my husband. I said, "I'm going to church." And I can't remember exactly what I told him, but I didn't tell him I was going to a recovery meeting. We were members of a church at that time, and I had confided in my priest months earlier, um, thinking that me confiding in my priest would, maybe she could get me to stop. Yes, she, she's a priest. I'm Episcopalian, so women can be priests. And um, she listened to me, but, and I think she, I'm pretty sure she mentioned recovery meetings, but this was months before 
this one particular day in, in May of 2012. So my husband probably thought I was, I don't know, we didn't communicate very well. We were growing, we were distant. We were like cohabitating and our marriage was really, um, things were, things were tough. So I, um, I said goodbye again, holding, holding on to this action that I was about to take nervous, relieved. Hope I did have some hope. I was scared. I was so many different feelings. I had, I was experiencing so many different feelings and, um, <clears throat> I walked up and there were a bunch of men on with tattoos and motorcycles all around and people smoking cigarettes. And this is before vaping. So it's nicotine everywhere. And it, it, I was nervous about this. I was wondering, I'm like, where are the, where are the women I need to meet a woman? I need to, I, I, I just kept thinking that, but there, there was one like gentle giant that came out of like the smoke of the nicotine that where all the uh, people were hanging out by the bikes and there was camaraderie and there was laughter that was very confusing to me. Because I was not feeling like laughing in the least. But this gentle giant came out of nowhere and he said, are you new here? And I said, yes. And he said, wonderful, welcome, come inside. Here's a book, come sit with us. We're so glad you're here. Congratulations, is this your day one? Yes, I said. I think so, maybe, I don't know. And at that point, I had never thought about saying I am an alcoholic. So when I walked into this room, we were in a circle looking at each other. And um, I was grateful because I wasn't being stared at, but it was clear to me that um, the format of or the topic of, of this particular meeting was changing and, and it was focused on early sobriety and um, first day of sobriety in this program of recovery. And everyone shared open and honestly about what it was like and what they 
what their lives are like today. And I heard people talk who had, you know, six months. I heard people talk who had 10 years. I heard and everything in between. Um, and I um, just cried the whole time. And people rallied around me. And at the very end of the meeting, a woman came in, 30 years sober, never having been to this meeting, knowing but knowing everyone in that meeting. But she came to that meeting because she missed her 5.30 meeting. And um, this gentle giant who had with no motives, guided me in to that room. He introduced me to this woman. And uh, she said, I'm so glad you're here. Let me help you. I can help you. I can show you tools to live a more comfortable life without using drugs and alcohol. And that's when my new life began. And that was 3,308 days ago. Actually, no, <laughs> it, was, it was more than that. Um, because after I went to that meeting, I had two one-day relapses. And um, the second one was on August 19th, 2012. Um, and I, that, that, that last drunk could have killed me and could have completely destroyed my marriage and my family, but um, once again, I was saved. Um, and I don't take one second of that for granted. <clears throat> I needed help. I couldn't do it alone. I needed to learn tools that would help me um, get through each day because there were some days that it felt like I was white knuckling it minute by minute, but I really um, appreciated everything I learned um, to get through the early days and um, I started to feel better and I definitely rode a pink cloud I was, I was loving no hangovers and, um, I was loving the community that I was a part of that I am still a part of. And I felt I was home. I really did. I felt like I was a, and I feel like I am in a community that, um, of people that truly understand what it's like to bang your head against the wall over and over and over again. 
insanely <laughs> doing that, expecting different results. Everyone understood me and I didn't feel so alone. I didn't feel ashamed anymore because I learned that this was a disease. Um, but I, I had to get into action. I had to do more. I had to keep seeking. I had to keep seeking healing, whether that was in my program or outside with therapists and trauma specialists. Um, and I kept feeling better. I mean, there were hard times. There are still hard times, but those hard times aren't really hard anymore. They're just, you know, life, things that happen in life. And, and um, I get to not go to that old default of, of drinking to numb uncomfortable feelings or to add to celebrations. I can experience things today without putting any drug or alcohol into my body to amplify or numb the experience. I get that gift. It's a gift I've received. Um, but I, I had to be willing. I had to be willing. I had to be desperate and I was, I was completely desperate. I love my children so much that I, um, I didn't want them to have a drunk mother. So I, I had to, um, let go of my will and, um, I'm so grateful I did. It was hard to do. And for some of you, you may be thinking that I've tried that. I can't do it. Just keep trying. Keep reaching out for help. Keep letting people help you. And trust your gut. Because there's a lot of people out there who are in recovery and they're having amazing experiences. Keep seeking. You're going to find somebody who will teach you to trust your own instincts. God wants us to trust our own instincts. And um, that's my higher power. So for some of you, this might be, you know, the second or third time you've heard this story. But as I see new um, followers on my account and um, just some more activity going on, new people, I, I wanted to start season three with a bit of my story. And since I started this podcast in 
2020, January 1st, 2020. Life for me in sobriety is very different. And I, um, so that's like years seven and eight. And, and I've just hit nine years. So I'm excited because I just keep feeling better. And I'm excited that I get to do this podcast and um, share my experiences to offer hope um, and have guests on here who are having amazing experiences in sobriety and that want to share about it with you for the same reasons I want to. I am um, in a community that of people who are living their lives to help those that are struggling. And we help each other as well. It's a great community. So if you're struggling and you're unsure of what to do, try something different this time. I did that. I did something different. And um, I trusted my gut that first morning, that morning I woke up with a new thought in my head and I started to feel better. I just focused on how I was feeling better just with the thought of seeking help. And I am, I'm so proud of how far I've come. I am acutely aware of the fact that I need to remain teachable and that I still want to learn. I still keep seeking. And the the closer I am with my higher power, the better life gets for me. I hope this has helped you. And of course, as I say always, sobriety does not have to be hard. Staying stopped doesn't have to be a battle. I couldn't do this alone. I needed to seek help and do things differently. And I'm so grateful. <laughs>